Sound on, power on. Your power electronics podcast. Powered by PCIM Europe. Hello everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of Sound on, power on. Your power electronics podcast powered by PCIM Europe. My name is Marco Jung and I'm a professor for e-mobility and electrical infrastructure at the bonn sieg University of Applied Science at St. Augustine as well as head of Department Converter and Electrical Drives at the Fraunhofer Institute for Energy Economics and Energy System Technology at Kassel. Both are located in Germany. Additionally, I'm the chairman of the IEEE Joint IES-IAS PELS German Chapter and active member of several national and international communities and committees. And today our technical theme is Future Challenges for Magnetics in Power Electronics. And this I will discuss with Professor Dr. Peter Zarias from the University of Kassel. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. At a good start of this year. And so I'm really fine. I'm really relaxed. And uh, so we can start. Yeah, Peter, our life has crossed 12 years ago. Since this time, I know you as a lecturer, supervisor of my diploma thesis, second supervisor of my dissertation, and now as a colleague. But I think our listeners are not interested in my personal view of you. I think them, it is more important or more interesting to them to know a little bit more about you and your power electronics life. Please tell us more about your several stations in the past and share your experience with us. Oh, the power electronic life. That's a good point. My name is Peter Zaharias. Um, so I was born in Torgau. That's in Saxonia in the eastern part of Germany and um, I studied electrical engineering uh, at the university uh, in Magdeburg, Otto von Georg University. And um, I started with uh, several applications of um, electrical energy for machining of materials and treatment of materials, such as uh, electro-discharge ma uh, machining and electrochemical machining and laser um, applications like treatment and so on. And then uh, development of uh, electrical equipment for lasers at the university uh, scale, and then um, in at Lambda Physics in, in Göttingen in Kassel. And from from this, I changed to another part of uh, my power electronic life. Uh, this was the uh, Institute for Solar uh, uh, Energy Technology in, in Kassel. And uh, after this, I joined. In Finion, in Warstein, honestly, or better to say, at the beginning it was uh, OIPEC or UPEC uh, company, and then uh, it uh, became part of Infineon. And after this, I joined the University of Kassel, and uh, since uh, 2005, now a full professor here for electrical power systems with a specialty of uh, power electronics. And my personal interest is uh, magnetic devices. So that's very shortly. Great, Peter. There are really a lot of stations in your life with power electronics and inductors. And this leads in our topic, and I think Peter's law of future challenges for magnetics in power electronics. I think in the past, many innovations were done for inductors and transformers, core materials winding concepts, isolation materials, as well as conductors and core geometries. Can you tell us the state of the art, Peter? Uh, to tell of the state of the art, I think 
there is no not enough time to give uh, a real overview about the state of the art but to introduce the others um, a little bit more <clears throat> when i started as a power electronic engineer uh, i realized very soon that the topologies uh, are quite interesting but uh, the uh, main success uh, very often can be achieved uh, if you find special solutions concerning the magnetics and uh, magnetics are you can find in all um, power electronic topologies uh, for converting energy from one uh, type of energy into another type of energy. So uh, this um, was a driving force for me to uh, get more involved in to development of magnetic devices. And um, so I was quite interested in making designs for chokes and, and transformers and for uh, different uh, types of materials which can be chosen for the um, design and so for this reason uh, I was more and more interested. So the state of the art is um, that we have uh, converters which have already achieved very high converting frequencies. Uh, the switching frequency of the uh, semiconductor switches are in the range of several 10 kilohertz up to few megahertz And uh, if you go down to the power, to the converted power, you find even more than 10 megahertz for the converting uh, frequency. If you go up to the power, to the converted power into the kilowatt or 100 kilo kilowatt range, then the frequency um, uh, comes down and you will find that more and more a bottleneck for the conversion and the bottleneck for the Uh, power density which can be achieved they are based on uh, some problems in magnetic devices or in inductive devices and uh, so it is very interesting to deal with these uh, questions uh, if you want to increase the power density of converters it's a very rough uh, overview what what are the problems there mm -hmm. great can you give us a little bit more deeper insight uh, where the problems come from the magnetics in the past Uh, in all these discussions, uh, the opinion was that the basic uh, problem comes from the core, from the magnetic uh, core materials, because if you increase at a certain uh, flux density, if you increase then the frequency, then the uh, uh, loss density inside the core gets higher and higher. And so uh, sooner or later, Uh, you achieve a value which cannot be cooled. Um, you cannot get out the heat of the core uh, volume. And now we have achieved so high switching frequencies that even the problems come not anymore from the core material, but uh, from the conducting material. And uh, everyone, I think uh, everyone knows uh, the skin effect, that if you have a high-frequency current that will flow thinner and thinner Uh, skin at the surface of, of the conductor if you increase the frequency but this is not the only problem uh, what you have uh, the conductor is not uh, sees not only its own magnetic field but also the magnetic field of the neighbor wires and uh, this uh, causes also some lossy currents eddy currents and this is uh, called the proximity effect And if you have these uh, conductors near some air gaps and you have very intense magnetic fields which are crossing 
the conductors and uh, also causing the eddy currents, which are lossy. And so um, you have much more uh, loss power density in the winding uh, than you can handle. So in principle, uh, it is very, very difficult to exceed at high power uh, switching frequencies of 100 kilohertz. Why? Because uh, if you have high power, you have high current. And if you have high current, you need high cross or large cross sections of the conductors. And if you have large cross sections, then the skin effects and all these eddy current uh, stuff plays a major role, what mm -hmm. I explained before. Great. So now I understand we need new concepts, especially in conductors. So that means wires. Um, have you uh, some ideas for us or um, how they can look like and in which direction we must go? So some ideas I really do have. One idea is related to high power application because high power application require quite large core sizes. And if you have large core sizes, you have also large cross sections. And if you have large cross sections, that means every cross section part with a certain length has its own capacity. So all this electromagnetic stuff is a linked uh, or has linked problems between electric field and the magnetic field and in principle every part of the core uh, represents itself also an oscillating or an oscillator circuit and uh, that means you have a, an inductive part an inductance which is coupled uh, with a capacitor and which have its own uh, resonance frequency and if the uh, parts are quite large then the resonance frequency is low and so the uh, can observe the problem that with high uh, sizes or big sizes of the of the core the uh, internal resonance frequencies they uh, decrease and if this is near the uh, operating frequency you will have some problems and so uh, idea could be to make some sections of the core which are operated in parallel so that every core part has its own high resonance frequency and so you can easily handle this problem. This is the first answer to your question. And the second answer could be uh, concerning the uh, wire. If you uh, want to uh, operate at really high frequency, then the proximity effects and the uh, skin effect can be lowered or this force you that only at the surface or near the surface uh, you can find the current side the conductor and uh, so why to use the whole cross section of the wire you could uh, use maybe Litz wire which is uh, quite common but also I would expect if you go to really high operating frequencies like uh, let's say more than 10 megahertz then uh, maybe a, a combined material Binding material uh, which is made of uh, some uh, plastic uh, core surrounded by a metallic uh, surface and could be an option to operate at first the device, at second to have a very small weight because copper is quite heavy if you uh, use it as a conducting material. Mm -hmm. So I understand that we need uh, also a changing of the core or the core strategy. And in the past, I read some papers about the idea using coreless transformer 
in switch DC DC converters for higher power applications. Do you see uh, some possibilities in this case? I expect um, these uh, coilless transformers um, only in the lower power range because um, in the high power range you need quite large cross sections and um, if you have such coilless transformers the magnetizing inductance is not that big so the, you have always some stray field which is crossing the windings and also due to eddy currents you will observe some heated up windings so uh, this is not really uh, that, that important if you go to lower power and so I think that this will be up to several 10 watts um, an option uh, in the low power range. But it is true uh, if you go to uh, uh, that high frequencies uh, as I mentioned like uh, more than uh, 10 me megahertz uh, of course the Uh, maximum operating flux density uh, for the uh, alternating flux uh, is uh, that small um, that uh, arises the question why uh, should I use um, the core which is uh, a concentrating part for the magnetic field uh, if I have to go down to that small values for the flux current it's much uh, more convenient I guess uh, to uh, drop the core and to use only uh, coilless transformers or even coilless chokes. But uh, in these cases, you have very strong uh, magnetic field, uh, which is crossing the winding and uh, causes losses. You have no core losses anymore, but you have uh, additional uh, losses in the windings. So there is no, really no universal solution. And this is a thing which um, interests me uh, and which challenges me. Uh, to find new solutions and so uh, I am dealing with all these problems since um, more than 40 years and uh, there are still new um, things which um, you are challenged with and so um, it's quite exciting. So that means for the really high switching frequency it's maybe a good idea to use coreless transformers but we have then an increase in uh, losses in the windings. But I think if we have a look in, let's say, higher power applications and then with higher switching frequency using silicon carbide, so that means more than 100 kilohertz. So I think we need an improvement in the core materials too. So can we expect a revolution in core materials? I think one key issue would be improving the possible magnetic flux density and reduction of the core losses. I think material scientists and electrical engineers must learn to speak the same language more and more. My experience is they are still speaking different languages in the development part of new core materials. What do you think? I support your opinion that um, the language of um, power electronic developers and uh, material developers are, are different and so the understanding uh, can be uh, really improved. So I... I'm very lucky that we have uh, also since uh, many years a lot of uh, projects together with uh, industrial companies where we combine uh, all these knowledges and where we present the results of the different um, working groups uh, to each other so everybody can learn from each other. Can we expect a revolution in core materials? Uh, you can every time believe in some uh, revolution Uh, but maybe there is coming up something 
but I would expect uh, in material design uh, in combinations of different um, materials I, I would expect some um, very interesting changes in uh, properties of those met, uh, magnetic materials. Uh, let's say uh, another mixture of uh, existing materials. For example, we uh, used uh, different core materials uh, operating in parallel to extend uh, the frequency, uh, the operating frequency uh, of magnetizing core in a transformer. This is especially f in transformers, uh, one can use that. Um, if you, for example, uh, Uh, combine manganium uh, zinc uh, ferrites with uh, nickel zinc ferrites. Uh, you can, for example, extend uh, the operating frequency uh, from two, three megahertz, which is really the maximum which can be used for the most of the power ferrites uh, based on uh, manganium zinc. Um, and you can extend this to 10 or 15 or even to 20, um, to 20 megahertz. So this is an approach uh, which require not new materials, but uh, a new design of the cores. Mm -hmm. So we had spoken a lot of, let's say, the material area or the inductor area. But let's come back to the system level. I think for DC-DC converters, concept ideas with magnetic bias allows new material reduction possibilities. Is it correct? What are your experience? Yes, we are making uh, experiments um, not uh, only with uh, different designs of uh, magnetic devices but or inductive devices, but, but also with different topologies. And uh, one of our emphasis is at the moment um, the possibility to um, separate, for example, the DC flux uh, uh, from uh, AC flux. And uh, if this is possible, then um, you can optimize uh, the different devices which come out of that concept uh, for the uh, special application, one uh, which, which has mostly DC flux and the other which has mostly AC flux uh, seems to be um, very successful and um, this, this might uh, be possible or gives us the possibility uh, to uh, decrease uh, the uh, size of the uh, single devices which are uh, components uh, of the whole system. That is um, the concept what we have in one direction concerning changing the system for a special um, application. And this can be uh, used for DC-DC converters, but also for DC-AC uh, converters. If you uh, have in mind that the AC uh, converters are dedicated for the feed-in of electric power into the public grid and uh, 50 hertz is almost... Uh, if you look on the magnetic devices or ferrite devices, if you look on this, 50 hertz are almost uh, like DC for them. And so it is in principle for a high-frequency uh, combination with low-frequency. Mm -hmm. And uh, you said, okay, it's, it's possible to have a higher power density if it is a possibility to increase the efficiency too? This is very often combined uh, each to each other. If you uh, want to have a high power density, the power density is mostly not limited uh, by 
the flux density or this is only at a very low frequency the case but um, the loss density is not a, a real limiting factor the, the limiting factor is always Uh, the temperature which can be achieved uh, in operation and if you can avoid uh, losses then the temperature which can be achieved will be lower and so uh, this way you can um, lower the the size when you can increase the loss density to a certain level uh, based on some uh, influences you are take advantage of that is the way no? uh, how to increase the power density of such uh, converter applications. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know the limits of such technology? Because I'm thinking if I, let's say, shrink the volume the whole time, the thermal resistance increases, so I need maybe additional cooling concepts uh, for higher power applications. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about yeah, the limit? Uh, we have to make a difference between uh, cooling methods. Uh, one cooling method, which is quite common, is to cool the magnetic devices by air, which uh, is blown by a fan to the chokes or uh, to the uh, transformers. In this case, uh, you have an internal thermal uh, resistance, which um, limits the transportation of the heat uh, from uh, the heat source to uh, the surface. And they have another uh, thermal resistance, uh, which um, gives you the transfer of the heat uh, to the air, which is uh, flowing at the surface. And if you uh, decrease the surface, That is what you mean. If you decrease the surface, then, uh, of course, you have uh, a higher thermal resistance because of the formula of the thermal resistance, uh, simply. And um, so there is a limit uh, what you can get out of uh, thermal power uh, if you go like this. But if you combine the uh, heat transportation out of the core and of the winding to Uh, a, a water-cooled system, you have another cooling uh, problem because uh, you have in this case not convection, you have only heat conduction uh, through a solid uh, body and uh, the solid body, uh, let's say if there is a heat sink uh, made of, of aluminium, then you have a very high uh, thermal conductivity of aluminium and get out uh, a high uh, power density. But uh, then you have still some limits inside the, the core because the uh, thermal conductivity of the core is not really high. You have no values about of uh, 4 watt per meter and Kelvin. And this is really not high conductivity, thermal conductivity. If you compare this to copper, this has almost um, 400 watt per uh, meter and Kelvin or aluminium. This is about 200 watt per meter and Kelvin. And so you have a self-limiting self effect of the of the core itself. You can not make legs of the core material, which are really long uh, to uh, to get out the heat from the heat source which is internally of the material to the surface so this is limited and this uh, brings us to low profile cores uh, if you have low profile cores then the power density the lost power density is uh, generated also in the center or the side legs and um, Uh, and you, to bring it to the surface, which is uh, cooled, you need a certain uh, distance um, 
uh, which uh, should not be too large because in that case the thermal conductivity of the material limits itself and uh, causes high temperatures inside the material. Thank you. Um, I think we have a lot of spoken, a lot of time. But one question I have. What we will see from Peter Zararias in the future? Um, as you know, um, by the end of September I will uh, retire. And so um, in uh, that case, uh, usually uh, one ends uh, the professional life. But uh, in, in my case, I hope to be uh, in very close contact to the ECPE and uh, to I, I, I want to engage myself, my person uh, into activities of the ECPE to give some advice to others and uh, also to be uh, involved uh, in some projects as an senior advisor or something like that. I definitely will not uh, stop my activities uh, at all, but uh, I will slow down. Step by step, I think so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure sometimes you will increase it. Um, I know you. <laughs> okay, Peter, thanks for your statements. It was really a pleasure for me. Thank you. To all the listeners, wherever you might be, thank you very much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode and gained some valuable insights. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, which is available on all major podcast platforms. If you would like to share your feedback with us, please do so via an email to podcast-pcim at mesago.com. You can write to us also if there is a specific topic you would like to be covered in the future or if you have a particular guest on your mind. Until then, have a great time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sound on Power On, powered by PCIM Europe. Do subscribe and share.